Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Libra New Moon Talk. The theme this evening is Trends Toward Synthesis. Uh, and I'll just give you a rundown of the structure of the evening. First, we're going to be doing the Mantrum of Unification, which is the card that's on your, your chair there. <coughs> then we'll have the, the um, talk followed by the meditation, and then we'll have our usual discussion afterwards. <coughs> so if you want, if you'd all like to take a look at your card here and we can uh, recite the, the Mantrum of Unification together. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. <clears throat> I also uh, neglected to welcome our listeners who are tuning in online. Don't want to forget them. Um, the Mantrum of Unification seemed like a good way to start this talk, which is about uh, synthesis. Um, the tendency towards synthesis, Alice Bailey says, is one of the ways in which the divine reveals itself. She says that the ancient wisdom tells us that God impels all nature, all consciousness, toward union and at one thus motivating us to see beyond the everyday divisions that would separate us from our fellow humans and the other kingdoms of the earth. The sign of Libra represents balance, beauty, and harmony, the conditions that result when humanity reaches a state of synthesis. So at the time of this Libra new moon, perhaps we would do well to ponder the ways in which humanity is moving towards synthesis and away from divisiveness. Alice ba Bailey also wrote that, in fact, disciples of the world and the new group of world servers, as well as intelligent and active aspirants, have today the responsibility of recognizing these trends, and particularly this trend toward unification. Given that our daily news tends to highlight racial, gender, and national divides, an important question to ask is just how do we bear this responsibility? There is a danger in choosing one side over another. We can become embroiled in conflicts not of our making and beyond our ability to, resol to resolve. But how can we stand by and say or do nothing if we honestly believe that one side supports right human relations and another does not? This is the difficult challenge that each person who seeks to be of service must face. 
knowing when to speak and when to remain silent, when to act and when to stand still, lies at the heart of our esoteric work. From the esoteric point of view, all conflict leads to harmony eventually, and thus every conflict is a, every conflict is a step toward, uh, toward liberation from the illusion of separativeness, the illusion that we are alone in our consciousness. In his TED Talk on the connection between the body and consciousness, Dr. Anil Seth says that our perception of the world around us is largely determined by what our physical brains have already experienced and what they expect to experience again. The conclusion he draws from years of studying the physical brain is that we perceive not what is coming into the brain in terms of sensory perceptions, but what is going out of the brain in terms of expected experiences. Brain research like this, while it does not address the issue of separativeness directly, can be applied to our understanding of what lies behind our perceptions of separativeness. Eons of evolution have given the survival instinct a place of primacy in our physical brain, with the resultant dependence on what we know to be beneficial to the survival of our physical selves, regardless of the consequences for other beings in the world. But with a greater sense of understanding comes a greater sense of wonder, Dr. Seth says, and a greater realization that we are a part of and not apart from the rest of nature. Brain science has shown us that the act of meditating regularly causes the, changes the physical brain in positive ways. Regular meditators develop an increased capacity to regulate emotions and automatic responses and a decreased preoccupation with the self, especially with the anxious, fearful self. And even though brain science has not yet begun to study the body's connection with the soul, disciples and aspirants who meditate with the conscious intention of developing contact with the soul might also experience greater illumination in their daily lives, a growing insight into other beings on the planet, and a sense of purpose and direction that we can attribute to spiritual guidance. As esotericists, we seek through meditation to gain access to impulses that are higher than those related to survival, emotion, and self-interest. Brain science suggests that this pursuit, in and of itself, might change our, change our brains so that we can actually perceive relatedness in the world around us in a way that non-seekers might not. In this time of heightened emotion over the many divisions in our, in our society, turning our attention to the trends of synthesis proves to be a satisfying exercise. Before we begin our later discussion, let's consider a few examples of synthesis that indicate that humanity is becoming more at one and less separatist. To start, the use of evidence, evidence synthesis. Evidence synthesis is the calling together of experts from different disciplines to address a natural disaster or health crisis, for in instance, and this approach to understanding and solving problems, uh, specifically in communities at the local community level, is being used to address environmental sustainability and conservation of biodiversity, uh, 
obesity, natural disasters, and health care, among other problems. In a recent article in Nature magazine, the author said that the new approach to group prob uh, said of this new approach to group problem solving, an accurate, concise, and unbiased synthesis of the available evidence is arguably one of the most valuable contributions a research community can offer decision makers. The common question, what is the evidence, could be usefully rephrased as, has sufficient synth synthesis of all the evidence been done in relation to that? Another somewhat related example, in today's New York Times, columnist David Brooks writes about the effectiveness of community problem solving through a collective impact approach, uh, which involves a coalition of individuals or organizations working in concert on a specific social problem through a centralized infrastructure and a common agenda. This approach has been effective in addressing homelessness, hunger, river cleanup, and many other social ills, Brooks writes, adding, trust is built and the social fabric is repaired when people form local relationships around shared tasks. Building working relationships across a community is an intrinsically good thing. You do enough intrinsically good things and lives will be improved in ways you can never plan or predict. This is where our, na our national renewal will come from. A third example. On a recent NPR broadcast, host Krista Tippett's, uh, in an episode titled, What is the Good in the Position of the Other?, asked two thinkers on opposite sides of the abortion debate to express, one, what bothers them about their own position, and two, what attracts them in the other's position. What followed was a respectful analysis of both sides of the issue. The two speakers concluded that one must take into account on one side the well-being of the woman and understand why she might seek to terminate a pregnancy. It is not humane, they said, to insist that a woman give birth to a child without also discussing how she and the child will fare in the world. On the other side, the life of the fetus is not worthless, and therefore one must consider its value. Respect for life and natural processes is a good thing. To these examples we can add others. The recent diplomatic visits between the leaders of North and South Korea after almost 70 years of division. The recent detente between leftist guerrillas and the government in Colombia, ending a 50-year civil war and the peace agreement between long-standing enemies Ethiopia and Eritrea. I don't know if I said that right. Eritrea. The positive local response all around the world to green technologies in an effort to combat climate change, from bans on plastic to the rise of solar farms to protections for the Amazon and increased use of living plants to clean the air in community spaces. By shifting our perception to look for trends towards synthesis, we are supporting the divine energetically. In closing, I'd like to read a quote from Alice Bailey that a student sent in on this topic. We have been taught much about the great heresy of separativeness. It is this that is offset when a man permits the trend towards synthesis to pour through him as a divine potency and thus to condition his, contact, his conduct. These, these divine trends have constitu constituted the basic subconscious urges since the dawn of evolution. 
Today, humanity can consciously adjust itself to them, and thus hasten the time when truth, beauty, and goodness will reign. Strengthening the hands of the group of world servers. <clears throat> group fusion. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Higher interlude.
meditation.
precipitation. Lower interlude.
distribution from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth from the point of love within the heart of God. Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Now we're going to open up the floor to the topic under discussion. We have a couple of questions for reflection and to help us uh, with the discussion. The questions are, what methods can we employ to further synthesis in our immediate environments and throughout the world at large? And can you speak of any trends towards synthesis at the national, international, or global level that you've observed? And. Uh, we have this this little microphone here, so if you're <laughs> bless you, so if you are speaking, make sure that you're speaking into the microphone so that everyone can hear you.
just to get us started, the first thing that came to my mind was um, I think listening is really important. Mm. I think when you know there's a very divisive environment, it's easy to tend to want to choose a side um, because you know we have discerning minds, and so we want to know always what's right and what's wrong, and then to be able to act in accordance with hopefully what we feel is right, of course. Um, but I think it's not always necessary to um, decide which way is right or wrong right away. I think discernment doesn't have to be a immediate decision. It can be something that's done over a long time and something that can you know can change actually with your understanding. So I think listening's very important. And in regard to what you mentioned earlier, actually silence is important to listening. So I know you said, Suzanne, listening versus um you know speaking or mm. listening versus or no you said sorry silence versus uh you know action or something mm -hmm. like that so yep. that 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 dichotomy it came during the meditation that the synthesis is actually not an easy thing to achieve. It's a very high <coughs> state of being. And uh, as a way towards that state of being is uh, um, self-reflection and, and path to developing consciousness. As, as you can link with the own soul you can re relate to the what is essential through your own inner experience and then when you listen to others or deal with the divisive situations it's somewhat easier to relate to that essential within that other person or within that other concept and then like through the own like through the inner resonance, you can relate to that, and then that synthesis is the product of that resonance. So I think the way to synthesis is through own self inquiry and self development, linking with own soul. These are um, some thoughts I had on synthesis is like the idea that things come from the top down in terms of the planes of existence, you know, the mental plane and the emotional plane, and then eventually the physical plane. And so if you're working towards something um, and it's like, oh, it doesn't work out on the physical level or, you know, it messes up here or there, there still can be kind of a you know, it's like you're creating the energy for it to happen there. And even if the the manifestation of it in one instance messes up, you can still have that energy there to eventually move forward with it. And even if focusing on achieving it doesn't, like, I, I don't know, like the people you're working with die, right? You know, so it's like, it, it's not like, oh, well, you know, in, in a week or a month, you know, we'll try again. But... 
in a certain sense, you can synthetically move that thing forward. Like, whatever you were trying to achieve. Kind of like the law of car- correspondences. Like, oh, I was trying to set up this service group that had to do with, I don't know, providing food for, for people or something. But for some reason, it's not possible. If you if extrapolate it out and see it as a synthetic understanding of what you were doing instead of the literal, well, food had to be given to people. You can see it's more synthetically like, giving energy to people or mm. helping people get what they need or, or something like that. If you look at it at a more synthetic level, it's more possible. And having that awareness while you're going forward with the specific thing allows you to th- keep going forward instead of like, oh, no, you sunk my battleship while everything. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> but you bring up uh, an interesting point, or while you were talking, I had this interesting uh question that I, I, I hadn't addressed when I was uh, thinking about it for the talk, and that's there's a way um, through our meditation we are developing like a seamless synthesis that's kind of vertical, but as disciples we're called upon to create synthesis in a kind of horizontal or mm. 360 way. So it's sort of a... Um, like what's the relationship between those two movements? The way that I think of it is that the energy is like this. If I'm, if I'm in a state of synthesis, then it's like this, and then it goes out like that. To the people who are listening in, I'm making hand motions that <laughs> that illustrate what I'm I'm talking about. But um, I'm not I'm not sure that that's in fact how it works. That's how I imagine it. Um, there could be some other energetic mechanism. What do you uh, think are the, as you put it, like the qualities of the vertical synthesis, the synthesis between people, as opposed to the, no, the horizontal versus the vertical? Like, what do you, what are the qualities or attributes you imagine with that or, or see there? Well, I, I think it goes back to what Sasha and Michael were saying. It's like it's it's like an ability to be able to. Um, sense where the other person is coming from and just be receptive to it regardless of what the implications for that might be for me and as michael was saying and Sasha too it's it's very very difficult i i find it very very difficult to do that sometimes because my impulse is to speak and to be right and to um make my point known as if <laughs> as if i'm going to persuade somebody to change by doing that probably not I can probably alienate somebody by behaving that way but um, in the example that I was giving from the from the NPR discussion when the Lisa Tibbetts Tibbetts show Tibbetts yeah Krista Tibbetts Lisa Tibbetts is a friend of mine (laughs) actually (laughs) she doesn't have a TV show a radio show um, the thing that was very interesting when the two were discussing their different points of view was how respectful they were of the other person's point of view. And they, what they were looking for when they were saying, um, what, do you, what do you admire in the other person's, um, what attracts them to the other person's position. In both cases, you could see that the, the person who was expressing the opposite points of view that they were doing it from a place of of love 
their concern was different. They had different concerns, but they were both operating from a place of love that was not selfish. And, <laughs> uh, and, and from that position, they were able to receive what the other person was saying. And so there was like, um, you could imagine that if those two people were to sit down and had to make, had to decide legislation for the United States regarding abortion, for instance, that they would be able to come up with some sort of umbrella legislation that would take into account both concerns. And then, and that would kind of smooth over the tension between those two positions, like a, like Solomon, you know, like a, a Solomon figure would do. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting for me to think about all the issues that are out there that could be resolved in this way, kind of like the way these communities are doing, where they're talking about we have to sit down and as a group take into account all the data, first of all, and then we have to take into account everybody's position, make sure that nobody gets left behind when we come up with this solution for whatever the, the problem is. Um, for me personally, I do not consider myself a Solomon type person. You know, I, I aspire to be that. Um, but I still am very reactive emotionally in situations. And I speak sometimes in thoughtless ways that inflame the problem and don't reach solution. So for me right now, I'm learning to be silent rather than speak because when I speak from that that kind of emotional point of view, it's probably not going to lead to synthesis. So Hey guys. Um, so there's a lot here um, that I kind of want to touch on. I guess both of you guys have said some really great things. Silence, quiet, listening, um, supremely important. And I think if we're going to talk about like our immediate surroundings and interactions with others, then I think the first question we need to ask ourselves is like, who are we serving and what purpose are we serving mm. like through these interactions? If I'm if I'm going to you know come into a conversation or even a debate or like you know we are looking at legislation right now. Um, Am I trying to prove you wrong, or am I trying to find a solution that's going to serve the greater good? I know, at least in my experience, no one has really been able to tell me to do something, and I've done it, and I've never been able to tell someone like how they should behave, and they have responded. I think that we can come to our own conclusions um, through trial and error, and like learning, like, hey, I've been butting my head up against like this issue in my life for you know, months, years, like decades on end, I think it's time that like I try something different. Um, but if I'm gonna, you know, again, I'm gonna, I'll just use my, myself. Uh, when somebody tells me like, I'm doing something wrong, I need, to, I need to change like my approach. I know that like my first reaction, like those defenses come up very quickly. Um, and I'm gonna do like, you know, just, I'm gonna be like in opposition to that completely. Um, but people that have met me with respect, um, and led by example, and like really like that's where I'm trying to employ the sounds in my life. I know that like in a lot of my dealings, whether that be in personal relationships, family, or within, you know, my work environment, uh, I I just want to tell people how to do things, and I know that like 
my will is correct. Like, I, if everyone just kind of listens to me, like, things are going to run super smoothly. Um, and every time that I've, like, really attempted to impart that, like, there might be, like, a, like a, an instance of satiation, and then, like, things just go back to normal. Um, but really, when I'm able to, you know, be quiet, listen, like, hear what the other person's saying, um, and, you know, I'm not so much lead by example, but just really, if I'm if I'm correct, you know, if I am if I am like really with myself and grounded in that moment, and I'm able to just be quiet, um, you know, and I'm looking at like, okay, so like if it's a work environment, it's like, okay, so what are we serving in this project, you know, like is this is this going towards like our goal? Things tend to run a lot smoother. But if it's like, hey, like I want to look really great in this moment, like I want to get the accolades, like you know, things seem to devolve really quickly. So, you know, through the process of, you know, meditation and just, like, learning how to be quiet and, like, creating a little bit of space between those emotional reactions. Because, um, you know, I, what was it, uh, Neil Setz, like, TED Talk, he talks about, like, you know, us kind of, like, having these models of the world. Um, and, you know, at least in my experience, there's been a lot that's happened to me, like, earlier on in my life that's given me some really twisted models. And mm -hmm. so I'll enter a situation and I'll, like, immediately have, like, this very, like, dark, view of how things are and like I've, I'm just like I'm a fault finding machine you know <laughs> and a lot of those things I'm having to learn how to let go of because they don't serve me at this point in my life um, so being able to get quiet and like having that initial like emotional reaction of like oh something bad's going to happen and then being able to take like an actual inventory and stock of the situation um, and then instead of being reactive you know listening and then let's like decide like hey do I need to act now um, and like, or do I need to act at all? Once we've like taken care of those questions, then we can make a decision. Um, I've spoken a little too long, so I'll open it back mm -hmm. up. Thank you. Yeah, there was something I was thinking about when I was watching the TED Talk with Dr. Seth or say, uh, either Seth or Seth, I'm not sure how he, how he says his name, but um, I was thinking if, if, our, if our brain, if our physical brain and what, our brain expects to happen is what happens. And through meditation, if we're able to change our expectations to be uh, one of synthesis at one mint with everyone and every, all the kingdoms, um, harmony, if that's our expectation, then we would maybe develop the sight to be able to look at any situation and see the love and the good and the the working out of the plan and we'd be able to hear anybody speaking and be able to understand how that person um, is expressing some form of love um, it's I know it's a very tall order <laughs> um, it's a very tall order but that's what I thought was so curious about what he was saying and I was sort of thinking that our brain our, our bodies are evolving constantly they're constantly evolving toward a higher state of awareness and consciousness and is that what our brains will be is that is that one day what our brains are going to be it's just receivers and transmitters of love and light and power instead of divisiveness and separativeness kind of like that idea yeah almost like reconciling 
the soul with the mind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the body, because there's that physical component of of the mind. Like the mind is in between, like the soul and the body, and it's not like there's going to be one component of humanity left behind, right? We're all evolving. We're all, yeah. Yeah, redemption. Um, I think sometimes it pays to uh, approach a subject uh, from that that it is and that which it is not. I mean, I was thinking in, in these comments of the vertical and horizontal of uh, precession, and easily, the most easy way to say it is, let's say, the sun and Jupiter are approaching at each other. Mm. And if nothing intervenes, they will crash. But at one point, if the repellent factor uh, equals the attractive factor, it will move at 90 degrees. That's what's called precession. And that will happen at one point. And then when you were speaking of the Solomonic decision, uh, my inner self told me that uh, his most famous one being the baby. And that's not synthesis. That's the opposite of synthesis. That is division. He suggested dividing the baby. And by suggesting dividing the baby, he divided the mothers. And I think that division is as necessary as synthesis. And I think correct division so, for example, with the Solomonic thing, I think that that's uh, a misnomer or an inept uh, parallel. And so I think that it's important in the meditation, in the silent things, to call before the sessions of the mind the accuracy of that of which we speak. And if we say something or call it by the wrong name, we will end up in a different place, and rather than having a synthesis, we would have an amalgam of disparate elements. Um, I think basically what you're saying is correct, that you need to understand things properly to, to be able to synthesize them. Um, what what something that seemed to come out from what various people were saying was this ev element of uh back and forth or sending and receiving and i was thinking about how that that sort of creates the well well like in the interpersonal relationship stuff like there there's listening to people so that's kind of like receiving you're you're open to their words and stuff and then your element is like you say whatever the appropriate thing is to say you know so on your end, there's the sending and receiving. But for it to truly function, truly work, the other person has to be doing the same thing or, you know, whatever their part of it is. There has to be, a, you know, the male and the female coming together to create that, that unity or, like, you know, the soul and the personality coming together. And that's what creates this kind of synthesis is the right interplay of these things together. And, like, you know... Like you were saying about looking at spe th specific things, like you got somebody that knows everything about automobiles, and then you got somebody that's there to to learn about automobiles. So, the person who's going to be learning about automobiles shouldn't be the one doing all the talking. That person should be doing the listening in that instance. And if they were to like, well, let me tell you about whatever, 
then it messes up the whole thing and there can't be this kind of moving forward or in that instance I guess synthesis of knowledge or maybe that's not the right word but Sorry, I was in the background following the <clears throat> discussion. And just one thing that I wanted to bring up is that it seems to be going more towards the individual, where in my mind, uh, the whole idea of synthesis has very little to do with the individual. Actually, it's kind of when we start, <clears throat> it's kind of the probably saving, the saving grace of the individual if we, when we recognize that anything to do with the common good does not mean that we have to give up anything about us. It means that we recognize that um, the other side of us, the rest of us, and usually the common good does not conflict with the individual. Th that would be kind of, you know, <laughs> contradiction. Uh, the closest thing I can think about, um, not in all cases, and that's why when we talk about discussion about abortion, and it would be one example towards what I was going, what I'm going to offer. Uh, the one thing I can think about is a woman becoming a mother. I mean, it's usually uh, in what I've been <clears throat> reflecting on must be a great time of crisis uh, unless the person was working towards it. But if the person was not working towards that experience, have to be a great sense of crisis. But the one thing about crisis and making sacrifices, a lot of times, if the person chooses to embrace that experience, they usually become more than they were before and go through a sense of liberation. So <clears throat> I just wanted to say that we should remember that if we're discussing an idea like synthesis, that it, it does involve the individual, but it has not too much to do. <laughs> <laughs> we have time for one more comment. Does anyone who hasn't spoken yet want to speak? Well, just when you were speaking about um, acting vertically and horizontally, um, it just reminded me of the symbol for our planet. There's, uh, you know, we don't usually see it, but there is a symbol for Earth, and if it's in a chart, for example. It's a circle with an even arm cross uh, surrounding it. And so we have so much crisis uh, in this planet. And, I, and the cross within the circle is said to symbolize uh, a lot of control by the matter aspect still. So there's a lot of crisis here. But we're told also that our planet has a very powerful destiny. And so I think if we can act, from the center of that cross, you know, where we can stand in point of power and synthesis between the vertical and horizontal axis, that then we can help tune in, as 
people we can help to tune into this powerful energy that is pouring through that central point synthetic point <laughs> okay and we have one another comment from a student uh, that I'd like to read to you um, synthesis this is changing what we have in the past created for ourselves uh, but we're learning to use our natural creative imagination in a more and more conscious way by understanding and aligning ourselves with the natural princi principles that govern the working of our universe and learning to use these principles in the most conscious and creative way. As regards to love, we are beginning to feel the parts of us that are calling for love along with the parts that are giving it. When you feel wonderful about yourself and the world because your love for another human being is causing you to manifest as your highest self. And um, with that, we conclude the discussion um, on synthesis, and uh, I just have a couple of announcements. The next full moon meeting is the Festival of Scorpio on Wednesday, October 23rd at 6.30 p.m. here in 866 UN Plaza, room 482. And there's no new moon talk in November, but we're going to be hosting the World Goodwill Seminar on Saturday, November 10, at the Three West Club here in Manhattan from 1 to 5.30 p.m. And the theme this year is In Resonance with the Living Earth, Human Responsibility, Evolutionary Change. So thank you all for coming, and thank you, for, thank you to everyone who's listening in via the live stream. Good night, everyone.